I'm Mariangela Abeo, and this is the Face to Faces podcast, a conversation series that provides a platform focusing on the LGBTQ plus and POC communities and their allies in the areas of activism, politics, mental health, arts and entertainment, and community, where we discuss the human experience in our ever-changing world. The goal of this space is to remind you that while you may have moments where you feel isolated or alone, there is always an incredible community of people here that is safe. We all connect to people at our deepest pains and our greatest joys. And in this space, we're here for those moments and everything in between. I'm so glad you're here. Take a seat next to me. It's always open. Now, let's lean in. All right. I am so excited to have this group of humans here today. We are doing a special town hall episode all about the transgender journey, education, and the human experience with a group of people that are all at different places in their lives and their journeys. So I want to introduce everyone, but I think they will do a better job at introducing themselves. So please give us your name, your pronouns, and anything else you want to talk, say briefly about your journey. We will start with the person right below me, Nala. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, So my name is Nala, and I go by she, her pronouns. Um, I started my transition journey when I was sort of in Tokyo. I was on a job dancing, um, and I came out first as non-binary. I was like, I'm not a boy, I'm not a girl. But, like, deep down in my heart, I knew I was just a girl. But it was just like, you know, baby steps was for me. Um, And pretty... After that, you know, I got into full gear, like, to start my transition medically. So I started my hormones probably, like, six to eight months. So I was, like, um, socially transitioning before I started my hormones. And fast forward to today, I've been on hormones for about two and a half years. Um, and loving it, still learning, still growing. Um two years it seems like a like a long time but it's like so not even a long time um and yeah wonderful is that a good introduction did i miss anything perfect (laughs) (laughs) that's so perfect how about you what right below is seb in the uk and yes tell us where you are nala's in la yes i'm in uh i'm so jealous i would love to be in la right now um (laughs) Yeah, my name's Seb. I'm, I'm 27, 28 years old. Um, I identify, I say I, de- I identify, but I am non-binary, um, but I do use he, him pronouns. It's a tricky relationship. I still think if I was born in, in, a, in a male body, I would probably still be non-binary. Um, but I've been transitioning now medically for about two months, um, just with hormones. Uh, you know, and surgery is the dream, but we're not quite there yet. Um, finances play a huge, huge part in that. And in here in the UK, it's, you know, the private route is long and strenuous. You know, you're looking five years for, for surgeries. Um, and so private is the only option for, for us, really. And it costs about £8,000. So we'll come back in about a year or two's time and we can 
I'll show you my, my designer yeah. nipples. Yes, but. please flash me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wait until then. But that, yeah, that's me, me in a nutshell, really. Welcome. Well, next to him is Kat. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Kat. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I am non-binary and trans masculine, I guess. Um, I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, living in LA. I'm a chef. And I recently had top surgery four weeks ago and best thing I could have ever done. Yeah. Yay, welcome. And right above Kat is Eva. Hi, my name is Eva Echo. Uh, my pronouns are she and her. Um, I came out about three years ago. Um, finished touring with band in the UK. Um, oh yeah, I'm from the UK, by the way. Um, finished the tour, post-tour blues hit me and I basically had a complete meltdown. At that point, I realized I needed to figure myself out because being on tour, meeting people night after night, I felt I wasn't giving them my authentic self and I was just lying to people. Um, so I, I took some time out and basically accepted I was transgender um, and I've been transitioning for two years now or so. So I've had facial surgery and I've just, uh, that was last year, and I have just had breast augmentation, so I'm still recovering. Yay, I'm so happy you're joining us. And very not least, but last is Yes. Hey there, everyone. Um, I am currently living in Seattle, Washington. Uh, my name is Yes Segura, use he, him, and they, them pronouns. Going back to location, I'm right now at this moment in time in Powhatan, Virginia, which is um, about an hour away from Richmond, Virginia, which that's my hometown visiting family. I first came out as lesbian in 2006, 2004, around that time. Uh, my parents kicked me out of the house and I was homeless. I was going to school full time, I was working full time. Um, we somehow made amends ish <laughs> and um i was then uh decided to take my my career after going to to school full-time to um to get my master's in urban and regional planning where i was focusing on lgbtq communities and seeing how gayborhoods were funded and how gay prides were funded um ended up working on my thesis on self-driving cars and uh, took a summer class uh to talk about to take like you know just the extra credits whatever that you need to to get that master's and i took a gender and planning class um my uh during that time we had to apply theory to our life and that's when i realized it's time for me to come out as openly transgender man so i'm first generation El salvadorian american and openly transgender man and that transition started about five years ago I'm so happy to have you all here. This was something in the works for a long time with all of us, and so I'm happy we made it here. You know, I think uh, the number one um, conversation right now, of course, is tra transgender rights and what's happening with our government and the healthcare rights, and also in the news, of course, our our you know QTPOC and trans women um, being killed and abused and violence in general against them from the heteronormative white patriarchy and society in general. I want to go around and talk about 
how, because, you know, my podcast, my project, Nala Knows, is around mental health and it's around um, suicide. And, you know, all of what we're, what's happening in society right now trickles down to our mental health. It trickles down to what, how we all stay here every day. How are you all doing with what's happening in the world right now? Because I really want to check in and just have a brief check-in with each of you to see how are, are, are you okay? Anybody can start. I think no matter where we are in the world, it's, it's a scary time, you know, with uh, each country having its own political issues, um, various societal issues and yeah, I mean, as a minority group, trans and non-binary people are are really, really struggling because with so much else going on in their countries, uh, respectively, they have less, like, a lot less support than they would normally have, which is which is hardly anything anyway. Um, and here in the UK, um, we were looking to have a reform on our Gender Recognition Act, which would have made things easier for um, transgender people to have access to healthcare, to transition, and basically have their identity confirmed. However, various things happened, new government, and that just got pushed to the back. And up until a couple of months ago, it was looking like they were just going to scrap that completely. So we are fighting constantly just to get our agenda back on the table, just to be listened to. Um, and that's on top of everything else that we've been going through, like the pandemic, a government that... I'm not a fan of, and I'd like to, they're just kind of making up as they go along, really, um, which which is a real, you know, real bummer, but what else can we do? I mean, I don't know about any of you guys, if you keep up to date on, like, UK politics as well, and, you know, Eva's Eva's right um, when she says that. It's incredibly frustrating, though, when we talk about mental health, to think that the Gender Recognition Act reform was maybe around the corner, which, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, it was really positive, but in a negative way as well. It also highlighted all of the, the issues and all of the missing parts in our system that we need. And there was this kind of, before I came out as trans, I was still really hopeful for... Um, <clears throat> know it to come about and, and it to be a positive thing and, and having all the missing parts highlighted just means now there is this kind of blanket of almost like grief now because I think a lot of people have kind of had to put the idea of the the reform to rest because I you know we've all kind of lost faith in our government lost faith um, in the allyship that we you know thought we had and um, if it comes about, it will be a silver lining, really, to to the sort of experiences we've all had in the in the last few months. But realistically, it's, it is kind of a, a, of a dark time, and that and that sadness now, um, like I said, is 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 a real blanket. And you know, with lots of other really harsh things happening um, in the world as well, it's really overwhelming. And I don't know about you guys, but I in the last few months have really had to like close up almost and you know there's so much work we all have to do within ourselves whether that's you know surrounding like sexuality or race or uh, gender there is so much unpicking to do it's impossible to do it all at once um so we're all sort of cocooned now and, and lockdown helped that for us and probably didn't help a lot of people as well um 
but sort of now coming back out of it into the real world again, it's like you're being hit by it all for the second time. Mm. Um, and I think for, for a lot of people, this, this period of time now, especially the run up to Christmas, if, if it's something that, you know, you celebrate, I think it's going to hit a lot of people really hard in terms of mental health and, you know, it's hard not to feel worried, I suppose, um, for, for the communities that we're all a part of. That's, I just feel like that's so terrible that even in the UK, I didn't know that you guys had these reforms going on, obviously, because I'm in LA, but in LA there's, or in America in general, there's been, our government has passed things recently, government um, funded um, homeless shelters are able to discriminate against transgender people. And it's just like, we're in a pandemic. Why would the government try to do that to a subcategory um, persons, you know? So, and I think that also just trickles down also to mental health as well. Um, and also insurance companies can, um, they can judge based on case by case if they're transgender, you know, and have the right to deny them. Um, and just for our rights to be put on the table as if it's not important just as anyone else, it, it really makes you just feel sort of less than and it's really ridiculous that we have to worry about just those basic essential needs you know thankfully i have you know apartment and um and i'm blessed in that way but there are a lot of people that are you know just like yes said that was thrown out of uh-oh all right um thrown out of <laughs> thrown out of their house um you know so I just wanted to touch on that, you know, and I just feel like that's, that needs to be changed ASAP. Um, yeah. And everyone getting, you know, like trans women, a few of my friends were just attacked and, you know, it really fucks with you when you just go outside and you're just trying to live your simple life, you know, and these things are happening and you're hearing, you know, your rights are being taken away from the Supreme court. Like it's just ridiculous. And, and with everything else going on with the pandemic, it's like, what more could you try to do to us? Yeah. Don't test it. Like, yeah, it, it, it's 2020 has been such a downward spiral. I, you know, you can't help but worry what is next, which sounds really doom and gloom. So I'm really sorry, but I mean, it, it is though, like, it's just been one step after the other. What, what, what is next? I don't know how anyone else felt, but um, I, I think because of the pandemic and all the issues that we, we face in terms of our struggles, uh, just, just to be accepted, to have better health care, we've had no outlet. Um, you know, protests, we couldn't do protests because, because of social distancing. We can't get together and, and talk to people as a group. We're pretty isolated and we have no outlet for all that frustration, for all that anger, and more importantly, for that, for that positive action we want to create. We are literally just stifled at the moment. Um, and that's taken us, you know, quite a, a toll on mental health for a lot of people that I've spoken with and indeed for myself as well. And yeah, you know, things like these are great because we, we do have that platform and we do have that space where we can just get things out there and, and, and discuss what what really matters and how we're all affected. Yeah, I think Kat was wanting to speak and then yes yeah. after. Yeah, so um just Sorry. just um 
coming from Kingston, Jamaica, you know, it's no secret that, you know, Jamaica is extremely homophobic, transphobic. So growing up there, I didn't have any resources to teach me about myself and my identity and representation. Um, honestly, I only had the only closest thing I had to like queer representation was Diana King, who became and still is a really close, good friend of mine and um, is considered one of the only openly like queer. She just came out as non-binary um, the other day as well. I think last year, but um, just to talk about coming from a, a, a country like Jamaica saying, you know, how I can't, you know, even looking at people still living there, like how are they maintaining, how are they sustaining life to come into America, to have the opportunity to have surgery, to go to a queer cafe, to have sometimes I'll look at days, days after days, I've, I've only been around black, trans and queer, non-binary folks, you know, um, as opposed to in Jamaica, like Nala said, compared to here and the violence that we, we experience here, um, that's, that's almost every day, you know, in a country like Jamaica. So I had to transition in different ways and recondition myself to say, okay, freedom in a land of the free and then wait, hold up. Still, there's this shit that they're doing where they're not allowing us, you know, and there's discrimination and all of that. So that for me was wild. And to see people getting, you know, brutalized and everything that. So it's like, I just wanted to add in that to say, as an immigrant, you know, coming from a homophobic, transphobic country, moving to America, it's like this double-edged thing where I'm grateful for the, to, for the freedom to express myself and, you know, not, you know, hearing like slurs every day. But then there's still a lot to consider to still live here, you know. Yeah. Um, so as mentioned, I got the master's in urban regional planning and I, I did a lot of uh, research on LGBTQ communities. So in a way I, I use that to just research, okay, when it comes to being transgender, where's my quality of life where I'm going to be respected um, in America. I did look at other countries and I saw that you can get killed. I was just watching RuPaul's Drag Race uh, Canada's um, newest, uh, newest season and one of the women on there, the contestants, I think she was from uh, Jamaica, but she was talking about how, you know, these people just came up and shot at her and she ended up getting bullets in her. And I'm just like, how are you even on this show right now? <laughs> like reliving that trauma. It, it, it blew my you know mind. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so my mental health, I mean, that's always been something that I've tried to balance. When you have your family say to you that they never want to see or speak to you again, that you're worthless because of the choices you made, um, the trust is broken. That is for sure. Um, but the love is still there, and it will always be there. Um, and I'm visiting my family right now to help me get grounded because I noticed – I was uh, drinking a little bit more. I'm like, wait, I'm, I can't do this. I, this is not healthy for me. Even though I bike everywhere, I eat at the farmer's market. Um, and then also with like even the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm making sure if I have the energy to check on my uh, black sisters, my uh, black brothers and gender non-binary um, family, like I, we have to be there for each other. 
That is what we have right now. There's a lot going on, but even just speaking to each other and being able to release what we have um, inside of us, <laughs> it, how can we turn that into something positive? And I've been working on uh, uh, joining equity task force where right now in Seattle, I'm looking at policies to provide to city council in order to remove and eliminate police enforcement within transportation and looking at policy and doing that. So I'm, I'm taking like this, this, <laughs> this craziness that's going on and I'm saying, wait, I was there before when my parents kicked me out. Let me do what I know I'm great at and, um, and just keep doing that because that will keep me focused and not you know, side-eyed or, or any of the hate that's going on in this world uh, to distract me. You know, I think you hit something there when you said, you know, thinking back to when you were kicked out. I would love to talk a little bit about um, each of your or anyone that wants to share, you know, right now, because of the education around it, and I think there's this is a positive thread, that you we see a lot more young people finding their true gender or finding their their binary if they have one or discovering that they don't and finding their fluidity younger because of the education, because of the um, representation that's out there. And I think it's lovely. Um, I have my sister's child, I, I hate the word nibbling, so I'm not using it, but um, uh, has come out as non-binary. And, you know, we had such a lovely discussion around that. And I love the fact that they are able to discover that at a younger age. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about the education that you are grateful for having, you know, because I think there's a lot of people that are just starting their journeys. And I think Seb and I can probably um, relate um, a little bit better to the early stages of, you know, do I want gender affirming surgery? Do I want to make these, you know, and I think if you could share any education or assistance that you had, and then if you didn't have it, maybe something that you found later that you think somebody else would benefit from, you know? Yeah, please. Yes. I can definitely go on that one. Yeah. One, I'm a visionary. <laughs> Also a nerd. Hey, they go hand in hand. <laughs> All right. So with the research I would do with probably a beer in my hand on a Friday night, um, you know, I'll probably watching like city council meetings because I like to do that. <laughs> Is um, just seeing what books are out there. And there was a book that I saw. I mean, it was like this thick. Um, but I, I don't. Maybe if um, I send it to you in a message and then you can post it up. But then also a simple thing to do is just search policy maps um, and like transgender rights. And once you do that in Google or Bing or whatever your, your um, browser search is, uh, that way you can find an interactive map of looking at, you know, where is it safe for me to live if you decide that or um, – that the current place you're staying right now is not making you happy. You have to remember that the grass is not greener on the other side, that you have to make the grass green. You have to water the plants. <laughs> Why not? Um, talk to the plants as well, right? Talk to your community. Um, but it, it starts with you, wherever you go. 
uh, for me. I knew that Seattle, Washington has uh, transgender laws such as um, health care is mandatory, not only in Seattle, but at statewide, um, along with um, uh, uh, job non-discrimination laws. Those are in place. And then also, oh, there's housing non-discrimination. Now, given that those policies are intact, right, doesn't mean that people are going to practice them. Um, I've already had job non-discrimination where I had to quit my job. I was six months in, and they told me that um, they wouldn't pay for my, uh, my hormones nor my top surgery. So I just walked up and left. AK resigned. Anyone else? I think I can over say here something. in the UK, um, because the way that our government is set up, it's pretty much a, a blanket-wide policy when it comes to our laws and, and recognition. So we don't really have the, the chance to escape and move from one place to another within the UK. Um, there are slight regional variations. For example, in Scotland, it has a slightly different age and the, the way of getting into a gender identity clinic is, is slightly different and a bit easier. But, you know, by and large, it is just one policy. So we kind of just have to make do wherever we are and find safety within our area as well, because that, that's the most important thing. Um, when I first came out, I I didn't find much online. I I reached out to some people and I looked looked some people up who previously inspired me, and I just found that they weren't willing to talk about their transition. Um, I didn't know at the time if I definitely was transgender. I even looked at you know this idea of being bigender or whether it's just a phase or anything like that. So I didn't really have anybody and. That's why I've made a point of documenting my entire transition, being transparent, writing a blog, doing everything, just putting everything out there. And if people want to see it, they want to search for it, great. If not, you know, they can scroll along and, and move on to something else. But I think, you know, as, as Yes was saying, we, we all find our own little way to contribute to the greater family of LGBTQ+. And we leave those breadcrumbs there for people. You know, if, if you want to follow, you want to look, look us up, go for it. You know, if, if you need little tips and bits of advice, it's always there. You just need to know where to look. And I would say don't copy anybody. I think we live in a society where the media tells us you need to look like this, you need to eat this, you need to do this. This is what your house needs to look like. No, you know, at the end of the day, you're you, you're an individual, so just be yourself. It's plain and simple. I think as trans and non-binary people, we have it more difficult because not only do we live in a world where we're conditioned to, to compare ourselves and be like that, we have dysphoria too, which really exaggerates those feelings even more. So it can be competitive, you know, from say one trans female looking at another because you kind of think that's what I need to be like. I, need, I wish I looked like that. I wish I did this. And it's kind of realizing that you are your own person, you're beautiful in your own way. So just don't be afraid to use this chance to explore your own identity and just be out there and grow yourself. I love that, Eva. You know, it's, I want to go to Nala because Nala, I don't know if you remember this, but not, so Nala is a face in my project in the Faces of Fortitude project. And um, 
she took her photo before her transition. And so we've been working on trying to find a time to reintroduce her to the project. Yeah. But during her session, you looked at me and said, I think I might be a girl. And you that said, I, and it was, really? it was so lovely because you looked at me and you were like, I don't know what my family's going to say, but I'm not sure I care. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm so and happy was, you remember that. It was, it was, but yeah, you were, you were definitely, um, you were in the very in beginning like stages. My, my experimental stage. Yes, you were. <laughs> we talked about a lot of things, but it was so, it was so lovely because now I'm able to see this process and I'm interested to see, you know, to hear what education and what help you had as far as finding the right path for you and, and your journey. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you know, it was a lot came from just like my mind. And um, I was thinking, you know, I just felt it inside of me, but I didn't have the words or I never knew a transgender person until I was like 20 something, you know, I didn't even know that wasn't even in the, in my brain knowledge. So for me, it was meeting a trans woman. And then that sort of I felt like confirmed, like, okay, I can actually, like, I, I was working with her, but I didn't even, like, I would see her, she would tape and tuck and stuff. We were dancing at the club, but it still didn't, like, click in my head that she was once a man or whatever like that, you know? So from there, I got basically my education from sort of being awoke from just, like, so I wish, like, if I was younger, I wish there was, you know, they should be teaching this in schools, you know, like, during sex ed or something. Even though, like, sexuality and, like, gender identity is, like, different in itself, but um, it'd be a good place to learn that. Um, and then from there, it was just, like, researching um, on the internet and, like, I would go to the LGBT center and I would see, like, a pamphlet about transgender and I would just be so afraid to pick it up or anything like that. Um, so, for me, it was more, like, internal. And it took a lot for me to get to the point where it was, like, all right, I think I'm, like, I think I'm a transgender. I think I'm a transgender. And I was, like, <laughs> all right, Mom, I think, like, it's time for me to start hormones. I remember I just got to this one point where I was, like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, break down in my, in my car and I was crying and I'm out here in LA alone. Didn't have one transgender friend at all. And yeah, so then I just was like, I was like, all right. And I was like, yep, all right. And then the LGBT center out here just made it so easy for me to do everything. Um, yeah. And now I have transgender friends and I love it. I love that. Did you want to add anything, Kat, as far as your education? and? Yeah, so like I said um, before, I didn't have any, like, resources growing up or anything. Um, so the internet was a big deal. I remember when the L word came out, it was a big deal. I lived with my mom at the sister, and my sister at the time, and the, the first kissing or sex scene that came up, my mom turned to me, and she's like, everybody has feelings like that. It's just a phase. And I was like, geez, like, 
Wow. You know, like, you know, before me, she's good now. We're good. But it was just like, that's the, that's what I was up against all my life. So just this no space held for, like, my parents raised me to be, in the, you know, to have individuality. And they never told me not to wear pants and I must wear dresses or anything like that. They really nurtured that part of me, but it was never as a trans child, you know? So um, I started, like... And I think the first, I realized I was non-binary because I went to, I was around another non-binary person and my partner at the time referred to me um, as she, her, and something just clicked and I was like, that sound weird as hell. Like, no, you know? So I was like, I'm definitely, you know, they, them at this point. And I'd still do sometimes use he, him, you know, or I'm okay with male-centered pronouns, but generally they, them, but... um. Yeah, I would say the internet, slowly meeting people. Funny, um, I um, had to do intake again because I was considering doing hormones. And um, it, they, I had to do it. The first intake was a year ago when I got my insurance and I wanted to do top surgery, which is weird because I joked to my friend and I'm like, do they think being trans, expi- like my trans card expire? So I have to know, they have to check if I'm as trans as I was last year, like, <laughs> so, you know, so, um, so, yeah, so, but one of the questions was, do I have any transgender friends? And a year ago I said, no, I was like top surgery, transgender friend. I had no transgender friends or anybody who had top surgery. And then now that's how they asked me again, I was like, I even went, what? I was, when he, when the person asked me, I was like, trans friends, I said, all my friends. Like all my friends are non-binary, trans, queer, you name it, you know, but, um, yeah, so I just had to learn from experience and meeting people and Google and, you know, like I've been Googling and watching top surgery YouTube videos from, I still lived in Jamaica like four or five years ago. So, um, yeah, but very minimal there. We have a couple organizations who are at the forefront of like trying to develop and, protect trans and LGBTQIA rights in Jamaica and Kingston, but it's a long way to go, you know. You know, Seb, I know you're in the beginning of your transition. Are you pulling from any resources or getting any help? I know that you and Eva are close and I I did some stalking on Eva's page and I just, I love watching you pop up in the comments and like making note and like watching her transition. Um, And I wonder, I wonder how you're getting your information now. Honestly, it was uh, it was a real weird time. You know, I mean, just before I came out, I, I did a similarly to Eva, like a few a period of time where nothing made sense, and and it sort of did make sense, but the world around didn't feel ready yet, or I wasn't ready, or you know, it was just a jumble. But um, you know, I did months of like internet research and using like apps that would make you look like the opposite sex, like Love that. face app, face app ruined me. I felt such intense dysphoria using face app that it prompted me to come out in the end. Um, but I was sat at work, I was working in an office and I was just Googling, 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 Googling and looking at pictures. And I, I was seeing all these sort of trans guys and thinking, God, my life would be so much better if I, you know, looked male you know, I feel like that's what should have been the case. Um, but as I grew up, my my mum, she was great, but she 
sort of forced me, kind of scared me into coming out as a lesbian. And I grew up being homophobic and transphobic and just as big of a knob as you can be. Um, and so coming to terms with myself took so long because of that. Um, and I was never outwardly horrible to anybody, but it was all inside. Like I would have the thoughts. I wouldn't say anything out loud, but it, and it was horrible. Um, so I did a lot of learning in a really short space of time. And I think I made a YouTube video to come out as I didn't even really know what non-binary was. And it was just, I'm not a girl. I'm not a boy. Like I think, um, someone said earlier and you know and I put that up on Facebook and everybody saw it everybody who I had added watched it and it was terrifying and it was just really blunt you know that's that's who I am I, I don't know who I am yet um you know but this is what what, what exists now and I, even as I made the video I and I put it up I was sat there thinking this is really disingenuous because I know I want to medically transition, but I, I don't want to hurt the people around me or, you know, put them into a panic almost by telling them that's, that's what I want. So I even dumbed down my own coming out. Mm. Um, but me and Eva connected then because um, I put a video up on Instagram and I think it was like my first or second post and Eva commented saying, Hey, I've just watched this video. Great. If you ever want to talk, I'm here. And that was months ago now. And, you know, so pe people like Eva who are, you know, you know, a couple of years into a transition, not as long as some people, but are already paving the way for like baby trans people like me, maybe younger trans people or non-binary people as well. And I always think of it like this ball, like a ball of energy, and it's just constantly rolling. And, you know, as people come out and they see this ball of energy, they kind of gravitate towards it and, and, and as they start to find themselves, they join this collective force and, you know, we just keep getting bigger and bigger and more powerful. And, you know, the more kind of negativity we get is just sort of blown away by the sheer mass of, of our, like trans power, I suppose. Um, it's people like Eva and um, who are really real people, really like accessible people who genuinely are transparent for the right reasons it's not about being an influencer it's not about making money it's about being a human being and connecting with other human beings um so you know inspirational person on this call right now eva she should do the trans 101 i love that go ahead yes red. <laughs> yeah. um one thanks everybody for sharing that i really enjoyed hearing um all these different stories. It's like, yeah, you know, whenever I get down, I watch uh, YouTube, uh, FTM uh, transition videos, or I go onto Instagram and I search the hashtag FTM or transgender and just bring so much joy to my face. Like I just, I forget about whatever bad was happening. And I'm like, yes, that feeling when I got my top surgery, right. It just felt like a little kid inside. Um, but also I want to recognize that when I'm searching those videos, it's primarily all like white people or uh, uh, people that are white passing. And it's just like, well, what if I need to do surgery? Like when, for when I was doing my top surgery research, I'm like, okay, but what is it going to look like on my skin? Mm. Um, and I didn't have a lot 
to go from. And I actually started making a video when I came out as transgender, just taking the hormones, right? And that was in 2015. And um, my professor at the time was just like, you need to take down those videos if you're trying to find a job. I ended up having to apply for 160 jobs about four years later, four to five years later, I got a job within my profession, but it's just like discriminations out there. But it's, it's like, okay, well, I want to put my life out there, letting people know that there are other people <laughs> that, that, you know, maybe they can relate to, um, especially being um, – uh, caramel and, and the melanin. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> no, I get that. And I, I think that it's really important that you're pinpointing like that discrimination and the difference between like being excited and, you know, searching for somebody that looks like you and that somebody that you can relate to, but it also having to be careful because you're having to navigate this world that there are people that don't think you should exist. And that is heartbreaking. It's gutting. It's horrible. But how do you, you know, you have to survive and you have to have these jobs and, you know, that let's transition now into things that have been the most difficult in your everyday lives that you've had to struggle with. I know for me, you know, I am in this weird place of, you know, coming out in the quarantine where I have people, you know, you have people that don't want to talk about things that make them uncomfortable or things that they don't understand. So I've had talks with a few close friends and family members saying, you know, I'm just letting you know that this happened and this is my, my, my journey. And, you know, I had one family member tell me, I get it and I respect it, but not everybody wants to talk about your gender. And I was like, well, that's kind of like, Okay. Like I, but it's, you know what I mean? And, you know, so what has been not the hardest, you know, because I think that government society wise, that's all fucking hard. We know that we are just in a shit fucking dumpster fire right now, but you know, personally, everyday little things that happen that you're just kind of like, that hurt me here. You know, what, what are you all struggling with right now? Um, I would like to say, and also my phone is like semi gonna like probably die soon. So um, I'm sorry about that. Um, but when I, hopefully I can get up to my, my friend's hospital room and then I'll like plug in. I have my charger and stuff like that. But I would, I would say like the hardest thing would have to just be being confident, you know, because being visibly trans is, you know, such a courageous act. And I would say, like, that's the hardest thing for me personally, especially because I'm in the entertainment industry and I do a lot of auditions and stuff. So it took me a long time. Like, I pretty much stopped dancing for, like, two years, basically. And now I just feel, like, really, really comfortable now. But now we're on quarantine, so I can't go and show all my goodies. I'm so pissed. <laughs> I'm so pissed. But would be just, like, going to the store and like just getting clocked all the time or like people say stupid shit like that's a nigga well like mostly from black people white people don't usually say that but i hate that the most that's why i wanted to make a shirt that said that's a nigga on it or like i'm not a nigga i don't know something like that but things need to happen within the black community i've actually was talking to a friend um who like grew up in the hood and shit like that like more than me and it just has to do with, like, you know, visibility, education. A lot of these people that are in the Black Hood, you know, in the projects and stuff, they don't get the chance to go on a plane. They don't get a chance. They're so taught just, like, what 
you know, they were put in the projects from the white government that we have. So it's like, how are they supposed to evolutionize if you've always been shielded and put down and you don't have like a lot of accessibility to all this knowledge? That's why we need to change the system. We need to change the system and be able to integrate into those families. Like, like the, the, at the dinner table, like somehow like they need, that's where it needs to happen. You know? So I'm like always struggling with like, okay, how's that best way to do that? Um, but yeah, that's what I would say would be like the hardest thing is just like being like gaining your confidence because like, you're just always, it's your being, it's your, it's your, what you're seen as, you know, yes, we are this inner part of us, but we're also be seen in society from the outer shell. So just like matching that as best as you can with yourself would have to be like the most struggling thing. Yeah. And then just like, yeah, being confident. Anyone else? Can I just say, I think um, before Nala has to, to go, I, I don't know if, if you felt this, but I think being trans, a trans woman, this is the idea of being sexualized, fetishized, it's, it really hits hard because you're there just trying to be yourself, but the stigma that surrounds you, no matter what, that, that's what people see and you have to work a hundred times as hard just to break through that and say, you know what, no, I just want to live my life in peace. I'm not here to be an exhibitionist. I'm not here to, you know, for the kinky stuff. I just want to be a person and I just want to be left alone to be that person. Um, I mean, for, I, I don't get on with my family and, you know, I chose that. I'm happy that, you know, we, we, we've gone our separate ways because being who I am, as much as they say, mm, okay, yeah, just, you know, as long as you're happy, I know that, I know they're pissed. I, I know it's not something they agree with. But then there's connotations of like, you know, my, my parents coming from, she, they were from Hong Kong originally. Um, I was born here in the UK. So, you know, very traditional values, shame on the family name, things like that. But also, you know, just think at one point, my mom thought, you know, being transgender was being a lady boy. And I'm like, hang on, completely different country. You know, this is not even the same thing but you're fighting against so much to, to be yourself. And when you're against close people or people who you think who should know better, and even then that, you know, they, they still have no idea who you are or what, what it means to be transgender. You then look around you and think, well, if, if my own mom or dad can't do that, then, you know, what chance have I got with society? Seriously. You know, I, I, it's interesting because I'm sure, and I'm not sure actually if all of you have seen the movie Disclosure, which I highly recommend. I think they should play it in middle schools for the education around the, the transgender experience through history. Um, however, I did get some feedback from a transgender woman friend who said that she wished that the experience and the struggle of the transgender woman was more focused in that movie because the the forward-facing transgender man is not as sexualized as the forward-facing transgender woman and the right. struggle of the poc especially transgender woman and so it it hits exactly on what you're saying eva like that sexual sexualization is so damaging but it's been happening in our government with these heterosexual white you know, senators and government people that have been, you know, I think it was um, 
uh, India Moore that was saying, you know, you're, you're using us at night and then, um, you know, killing us by day. And it's, it's absolutely horrifying. And it's something that I wish the transgender female experience was a little bit more upfront. Yeah, I would totally agree with that too. Um, and just like to touch back on what Eva said, that also has been like a struggle um, about just like being sexualized and fetishized, especially, you know, they're like, oh, once they find out you're transgender, it's just a wrap. It's like, you suck my motherfucking dick. Like, blah. it's just like, I'm a human and like, you need to treat me as such. And especially you need to treat me just like you would treat any other cisgender girl. So it's like, I feel like I always have to face these uphill battles, especially with men and stuff. Um, just being overly sexualized and fetishized. And then also, like, but then they, yeah, they want us at night, but then it's just like, there's too shame, you know, the shame on the name, like Eva was saying. It's just, that's so unfair, and it's just, like, really angers me. Sorry for cutting you off. No, you didn't at all. Um, I know, yes, you're visiting family in a very red state. Um, I know there, we, you and I have been talking privately a little bit about um, your struggles during this time. Yeah, so currently it's blue state, which that's a great thing. Um, that's good. Today <laughs> is a blue state uh, in Virginia, right? This is Virginia, uh, where I was born and raised. So, uh, you know, coming out, when I first came out as lesbian, my, um, I mean, my parents kicked me out of the house. Uh, it was dating somebody that was part of the queer action student group at one of the universities. <laughs> and, um it was crazy just hearing my mom and dad say, I never want to see or speak to you. And I was just, most, I threw everything in, in a black trash bag and um, didn't talk to them for a year. Uh, we made amends. And, you know, when I came out as trans man, I was like, hey, you know, that, that really didn't feel that great. And I want to still talk to y'all. Um, here's what I'm doing with my life. So since, you know, all of that, you know, there's been some years in between, uh, from all the building on the relationship, but I'm still getting, my mom is still using she, her. Um, she stopped using my old name. She still use, I think I heard it once uh, since I've been here for about two weeks. Um, and then also me coming out to my nieces and nephews. Um, my family has always been against that, but I'm just like, wait, this is, this is my life that I'm living and I need to feel comfortable when I'm speaking to them about this. So uh, it, it's interesting, um, not only with that, but also the, the Black Lives Matter movement and then hearing all the racist rhetoric that's coming out of my uh, family's mouth. Um, and they're, I mean, my parents are from El Salvador and they're voting for Trump. Um, and then hearing my dad say things like, uh, all black people um, are lazy, that they depend on government, and that they have a bunch of children. So I'm having these conversations with my family while I'm here. They're, I mean, it is emotionally draining, um, but these are conversations that need to be had, uh, especially with my nieces and nephews listening. Mm. So I think that's the change that I want to make because I know I'm not going to change them. Um, I'm hoping to build a better generation. But as far as the transgender, like being transgender and, and talking to my nieces and nephews about it, it's still kind of like unspoken. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, that's so hard. Seb or Kat, do you have anything to add as far as any daily struggles? Um, well, recently with my, my top surgery happening, you know, I crowdfunded for it. I got a, a like huge outpouring of support from my community and friends. And then after surgery, I reached out to um, a couple of family members to be just like, that's just me. I'm like, oh, y'all have strangers messaging me saying, what do I need? You know, or how are you? And y'all haven't said a word to check on me. Mm. And when I asked one aunt about it, she was like, oh, you know, it's still something that's difficult for some people to talk about. So I was like, that's transphobic. You know, if y'all don't want to just talk, ask me how, how am I healing? How is my surgery? But I have like cousins who identify as lesbian, you know, but they're cis, you know. So um, there's that. But so that created a rift between us because I'm just at a stage in my life to where it's, I don't consider it malicious, like more considered as a boundary for me because, like I said, I've worked very hard coming from Jamaica to LA. Um, with my career, you know, I was a musician before I was a chef. I work very hard for like the cultivated life that I have with the social life, everything, you know, people around me. So I don't really have time for anybody that's like not for me transitioning or me being happy finally, you know, like looking in the mirror every day and loving what I see as opposed to um, not saying I'm, it's a perfect and you're ever going to not have dysphoria, but just, like they couldn't, if you can't be happy for somebody just being happy and finding their true self is like, I don't have no space for that or time for that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I actually have a question for Kat. Um, yeah. So now that I've been, I've had top surgery for like two years, I'm like, oh yeah, this is time I get to take off my shirt because I used to have size cup C's, right? And I hated okay. it. Um, my mom said to me, that's making me sick to the stomach. Uh, put your shirt on. So um, I'm wondering, how does ha, have you talked to your parents yet with your shirt off? Um, well, I'm, first of all, I'm really sorry that that's the experience. Like, that sucks. Sorry. But um, my dad... My dad is a Rastafarian. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that religion. It's just basically... Mm -hmm. For just to, for conversation's sake, it's like Christians with dreadlocks who smoke weed. Like they're very religious. Right. <coughs> Sorry. And go by the Bible. So they think homosexuality is wrong and all that is wrong. So, but we have, I've come a lo long way with my dad. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. And um, so I haven't spoken to him. He hasn't seen my chest. He still lives in Jamaica, but he knows that he knew about my surgery. He supports it. He says that he, I have his full support. He checks in on me, but we there's still that barrier of we just don't really talk about it and adore it, you know. But I'm, I plan on going to Jamaica as soon as the border opens or it's safe, and I'm going on the beach shirtless, you know. Like I'm, I, I'm, I even joke and say I look just like my dad, you know, more now. But um, my mom definitely, she's just all for all for it, all for me being who I am. She calls me in tears, like mm. saying, you know, finally, I, I'm so happy, you know, and all of that. But it sucks because you, I don't think any person doing what we're doing and transitioning is ever going to be able to 
not have to navigate toxicity with the family and stuff like that because you're going even if just one person you have somebody that is just doesn't treat you like you're human you know or like you're equal or that you matter anything seb yeah i mean i'm in a, a weird situation compared to to all of you lovely people in that i came out you know to like socially um just pre uh like lockdown quarantine um and that was interesting i started a new job and i started a new job as someone who is uh male presenting uh with with a new name and new pronouns so i only got to meet my new colleagues for about five days before we were all told to stay at home and so my medical transition started at home just with my partner um and so no one outside has seen me you know since since uh you know for since since march um and so that i am my own worst enemy at the moment you know pe- people do, i i'm assuming that people are gonna think the worst when they meet me now people who have known me pri- uh, prior to coming out um, so now meeting all these new colleagues who have heard about me and who I've spoken to because we all worked a little bit remotely, um, you know, they're all, I, I have this fear that they're expecting something in their head when they hear me or maybe see uh, my like display picture when we talk over WhatsApp and then they meet me and it's like, actually, this is a five foot five, quite, you know, sort of curvy, um, very blatantly biologically female person um, and you can see people's expressions and, you know, me and my partner went today to collect some furniture and we got to the door and the lady said hi to my partner who is a cis female. And then she looked at me and didn't say hello, looked directly at my, my mid- middle of my face, straight down to my feet and then slowly back up again. And I just said, hi, how are you? And that was it, like no conversation whatsoever. Um, I didn't make any effort to, to make conversation then, but it's those scenarios, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting any outward, direct, obvious hate, but it's the, the subtle, like subliminal, um, sort of like microaggressions. And it just plays into that, that little voice in your head. It, it really feeds it. Um, because I think you know, if, if someone said, turned around to me and said, oh, tranny, I'd have been like, yeah, and what? Because it's so, it's there. It's, you know, it's, it's black and white. It's on paper. Um, so, you know, I can't quite relate to, to everybody else's stories other than I am the problem in, in, in its entirety. My, my brain causes all of my grief at the moment. Um, and without sounding awful, my experiences are not as they're not as horrific as other people's. And there is this awful kind of complex I have where I think I kind of want to experience that outward negativity, that obvious negativity, because I, I feel like I'm getting away with it almost. Um, and I'm not having like the real trans experience, which sounds ridiculous. And I'm fully aware it sounds awful. Um, because at the moment, like I said, it's just, it's just me on me. And, and I'm the one who's ruining my own days. I'm the one who's making situations awkward and, Unfortunately, I'm one of these people that if I'm mid-conversation and I think they're looking at me a bit strange, I just wave and, and walk off, which is you know <laughs> not the most social thing to do, but I don't have time to be, to be reading into things too much. Um, 
but yeah no just it's just all on me which is a real shame but that's that's the sort of work I've got to do uh you know that to-do list is very short it's just a little smiley face with a with a tiny bit of in there that I've got so out no I think between what you're saying and and you know Kat uh definitely hit on it as well I think that that you know, and this is a whole other shift here that I, I have a non-binary friend who once told me that, you know, I don't realize, I didn't realize at that moment we were talking about um, anxiety and we were talking about going out in public and being gendered. And they were t- telling me, you know, you don't realize that when we go out, um, you're not, fe- you're, you're presenting in a certain way that people aren't second guessing who you are, but I'm having to deal with the anxiety of people looking at me and gendering me. And then all of, like you said, you're, your enemy of yourself, all of these things going through your head. And so having that anxiety of constantly being gendered everywhere, everywhere you go, you're feeling this level of anxiety. And I think that that is a realization that a lot of cisgendered people don't understand. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are, when you, when you explain that, and like I said, the the movie disclosure is helpful for that in that way as well. Um, But that level of anxiety is, horrible and it's all inducing I imagine and it's like encompassing and you you know you can get tunnel vision and so um you know I think first of all I also want to acknowledge that that was horrible what that you know that woman not addressing you yes that's horrible about your family member you know saying that I think that anybody that is not uh, you know, welcomed in who they are, it's heartbreaking and it's, it's so hard. And so I think the bravery that you all take to, that we, anybody under the trans umbrella to get up in the morning and to keep going and to uh, smile and to want to survive and live through this, the bravery and the courage is just off the charts. Now, I would love to talk about, you know, they say to be the person that you needed when you were younger. And, and I think in the queer community, that is just ex- even, even a bigger thing for us that we need to be doing. If you could pull yourself aside as a younger, at a younger age, if, you know, yes, and even now where you are now in your transition could find younger self, your younger self what age would you be and what would you tell yourself that you think you needed to hear? And in response also, what would you say to someone that you meet on the street now that is clearly um, in the beginning of trying to figure out who they are? Um, How do you think you could help them and help your younger self? Anybody? For me personally, I would, I would go back to myself when I was four, five. Um, Mm that's about the age that I realized there was something not quite right. Um, and I, the, the moment I kind of let those thoughts in, I was actually um, over in the States. We were on a, a family holiday, uh, staying with some relatives um, who instantly are in uh, They're from Virginia as well. So um, we were staying with them. And yeah, they, they, those, those thoughts, those feelings, that, that's my first memory of them. And I didn't know what to think of them. I couldn't put it into words. I couldn't talk to anybody about it. Um, and then going back to the UK after the holiday, throughout school, I was always picked on. I was the skinny one. I was the one that didn't fit in. Um, I was Chinese. I stuck out like a sore thumb. 
I wasn't good at sports or any, anything like that. And I spent so much of my childhood trying to be a member of a group, trying to be someone um, and ended up being so lonely because of it. I would go home and just play with Lego and draw and that, that was my existence. And I would go back and say, you know, look, don't, don't waste all that time trying to toe the line, trying to be a carbon copy of everyone else in your class or in your year group. Enjoy these moments. And, and that's something that I say to people now in their transition who it's all very well, you know, you want to get from A to B in your transition as quickly as possible because, yeah, yeah, we're, on, we're all on catch up. Since the moment we come out, we transition, we go through a second puberty, if we transition medically, we're on catch up. Trans females have to learn makeup, dress sense, style, trans males, everything. And don't waste that time first time round. Make the most of it and be yourself. Um, learn from it and grow, allow yourself to grow. Um, and I'm pretty confident if I could do that at a younger age, I probably would have accepted myself a lot sooner and I wouldn't have missed out on years of just being able to be myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll go. Oh, yes, you go, yes. Go ahead, Kat. Oh, sorry, okay. So um, I think I, I would go back to being around like maybe 10 or I mean there'll be different periods of my, of my childhood I would want to talk to that that little me but generally just to say don't let people's perspective like let you feel allow you to feel alone because you're not because that was the greatest thing with the tuberty I like that um somebody mm-hmm. just said it in the chat um with my tuberty I realized I was like damn like if I had known what I know now in high school or prep school, that's like middle school in Jamaica, um, I would not have been buying into this, well, let me just fit in or let me wear my, my Tim's but wear a dress, you know, or something like that and like try and meet in the middle. I would just be like, no, just go all in. You're not the only one, you know, just do it. You're not wrong, you know, for wanting to do the things you want to do and be who you are. Because that was a big thing for me, just not looking around and not seeing like, hey, do you, not having to ask him, but do you feel like this sometimes? Or, you know, stuff like that, simple stuff like that. So, um, yeah. I love that. I would say, um, I would say like, be loud to myself, like be loud, be proud and don't waste any time. Like, even like with all my surgeries and everything, I think it's important to realize like, this is it. Like once you decide what you are, you know, don't feel as if you need anything else. Like everything that you do medically transitioning will definitely assist you in your transition. But at the same time, you are that person and you are that person with like, like so 100% the lit, like just be it now and don't, like those things will always help you, but you can be it now. So like, just be allowed to be proud. That's what I would say, if that makes sense. No, I think that's really helpful like because I think not everybody's going to want, you know, gender affirming surgery. That doesn't mean you're not a girl. That doesn't mean you're not a boy. That doesn't mean you're gender fluid or non-binary. You know, just like Seb, you know, I think it's a great point saying I'm non-binary, but I use he, him pronouns, period. You don't have to 
explain that to anyone. You can use whatever pronouns because it's you. <laughs> you know, I think at the end of the day, um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. No, that's that's. Uh, it's like, oh, you're wrapping up. Oh. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, so I remember it was in preschool, and it was a Christian preschool, Presbyterian, yeah, Presbyterian, and my uh, preschool teacher wrote on my report cards that um, that I would always play with boys and wouldn't play with girls, and that I hated wearing dresses, so this was like, what, four or five years old, just like Eva there. Um, and then even growing up around 10 or 11, I remember going to play soccer and I was really good at soccer. I did Olympic development program. Um, I mean, my mom would say, oh, you're going to be next Mia Ham." I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but um, just even being around my dad and him being influential in the, in the soccer realm and um, people asking, his friends asking, oh, is that your son right there? And I've always wished that he would say, yeah, that, that's him, that's him. Um, and then even being misgendered because I was very androgynous during those times uh, that whenever I would speak and then my, my I guess like the, the other voice would come out, the female voice, right? Um, then that's when uh, people would say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. And I just I hated it. I just, I don't know what, what, what it was, but if I was to go back definitely uh, multiple times in the time machine, and then mm -hmm. I would definitely be rocking these chops. I've been rocking <laughs> them since COVID-19 and that has always been one of my uh, goals with um, uh, presenting as masculine and, and male. It's just, I'm so proud of these chops. Uh, and that, also, when I came out as lesbian, um, at, until that point, it was just like I was lying to everybody about who I was attracted to just to fit in, and that I told myself I would never lie again. So um, just just telling them just keep – to be loud, too. I was probably too loud where I was shoving mm. it down people's throats, so that was another thing, not to do that, <laughs> give people time. Um, but – just to also start transitioning early so I wouldn't be so damn depressed. Mm. And yeah, that's, that's what I would say to myself. What about you, Seb? Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of younger, we all have this weird, like four to five year old memory of, of something horrible to do with gender. Uh, you know, I remember, my friends are boys and I was the only one in my friendship group that didn't have a willy. So I was convinced mine was going to grow and I was just you know, way behind them. And my mum bought me a sex ed book and had to literally get a pen and circle, you know, the boy parts and girl parts and was like, you're a boy. No, you're not a boy. Sorry. You're a girl. Uh, you're not a boy. It's not going to happen for you. Um, kind of like suck it up and I thought oh no she's definitely wrong like wow. I'm not gonna grow boobies and uh, you know it's not gonna happen and it's just the same thing you know as um as uh, yes said about you know hey wearing a dress you didn't want to wear a dress like the tears before school we had to wear summer dresses it was you know ridiculous um so I mean Looking back, I think, you know, all the signs were there. If, if I, and if I could go back and sort of say anything to myself, um, it would be, you know, that you, you will look so much better with a beard. And that's <laughs> what you need to be striving for, um, you know, 
because I year, years ago I remember in the mirror drawing facial hair on with uh, eyeliner. It wasn't even mascara; it was just like eyeliner pencil, just and and taking selfies. And you know that was my version of Face App back in the day. Um, you know, and I thought it was just a little fantasy that maybe I just liked fancy dress. And I think we don't as kids fancy dress is such a big thing um and it's really reinforced as as being something that's great for our creativity and our expression but that doesn't mean it's false you know when i say i really wanted to be a dinosaur and i really wanted to be a dragon like i did if i could turn into a dragon now i would but it's you know it doesn't give me crippling dysphoria um but yeah no if i could tell myself anything it would, it would just be you know do 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 the medical thing, but just just come out because the people who love you will love you regardless, and the people who don't you probably don't need anything to do with you, you know. Um, which I think you, it takes a long time to get to that place, and and I really sort of um, admire the 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 power that like Kat said, um, you kind of if people if people grow you then they don't need to be around you. And, and it takes a long time, I think, to get to that, that place of power to be able to, to cut things off when you realise that they, they are killing you in, in one way or another. Um, but that was really long-winded, so I'll just... No, that was good. That was good. That's so helpful. So helpful. You know, I think I could talk to you all forever. Um, but I think in closing, I would love to go around and share your favourite resource or org trans org that um maybe has helped with you with information that you send people to that you go to that raises money you know any org or website that you think might be helpful as a resource to someone else and then also how people can find you online if you have uh, if you're an entrepreneur or a business and you have something that you want us to support you know let's go around and say your your ig or whatever you have social media wise if we can support you and then your favorite um, resource to share with others. Okay, so I'm going to go first since my phone's going to die, and I'm so happy I made it to the end. This is awesome. Um, my favorite resource would probably just have to be the LGBT Center in terms of transitioning medically. Um, I don't have any .orgs. I would say get a community of friends that are trans because they will literally become your family or or just allies that, you know, well, my cisgender friends, I would just call them trans. And they're like, you are trans. I know it. Um, but, um, yeah. And then I would also have to say my Instagram is it's Nala Darling, I-T-S-N-A-H-L-A, and then Darling, D-A-H-L-I-N-G. Um, and I also just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on this call, M, And to all of you beautiful people, it was such a such a blessing to talk to you guys and hear all of you guys and I'm just sending you so much love and strength and support through this coronavirus crazy fuckery um and, and you do nails oh and I do nails hit me up on Nala Nails um we do voice girls anywhere in between nails so nails are for everyone mm-hmm. um and yeah thanks so much I, I love y'all Yay. Who's next? Cat. Okay. Um, 
while I said Yago and I was listening to Nala and I forgot what even the question was, but I remember, oh, I think I remember. Okay. <laughs> okay, I remember. But yeah, so um, I just always love to talk about Transwave and J-Flag and Equality JA in Jamaica because as much as I had to leave to live the life I'm living, I want to still always raise awareness to the work that's being done there. I don't, I don't ever deter queer or trans non-binary people to go to Jamaica, like from going there. I'm always like, yeah, maybe we can go and you'll be fine. And you'll just see it. It's not like you're going to step off the plane and it's a mistake. It's just, it is, it, it, there's a reality there that I want to keep people aware of, but at the same time, show them the work that's being done. So, um, and then on Instagram, I'm cat with five T's CHR. And yeah, I think that's it. This was a really amazing thing. I'm, I was sitting here this whole time, like, can we do this like twice a month or yes, yes, <laughs> like with the same people, <laughs> like a kind yes, of support please. group thing that would be so sweet. But um, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Go ahead, Seb. Hey, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned then about uh, resources and to be quite honest, I don't have a favorite like trans resource, um, but uh, I'm, I'm really lucky in this capacity. So is Eva to be patients under the care of the London Transgender Clinic, uh, who are a private transgender clinic um, and provide loads and loads of valuable information and resources to those looking um having any any sort of uh, uh gender affirming surgeries or or to go down um like the the hormone routes so they they are genuinely really really wonderful uh, you know really accessible on social media um and i think i said in the youtube video that you know they are that someone described them as being like down with the kids um which i think is quite tacky but at the same time it's legitimately true they are very very you know approachable and transparent um and, and they are they're just they're just great they're all around great they're a great team and eva will eva loves them more than i do um she's she's one of their their brand ambassadors as well so uh yeah definitely definitely ltc there um i mean if anybody wants to connect with me i am good binary on instagram that's good under B-Y-E-N-A-R-Y it's kind of a play on words um, as the first thing I sort of said to myself was I need to say goodbye to this binary kind of world mm. that I live in and, and you know uh, yeah good, good binary is turning into something quite good I've got loads of projects lined up with it but um, I also run a, a chest binder rehoming scheme um, which is where I collect you know lightly used chest binders uh, sort of repair them if need be but clean them up and, and uh I, I can send them to people who cannot access them for whatever need uh, whatever means um whether that's financially or socially um so if anybody in the uk is looking for a chest binder as well you can catch me on there but yes thank you so much for having me on here it's been great and i'm so glad we like randomly connected um and just got talking because it's been really uh really wonderful i feel i feel really privileged so thank you I love that. And I love you do that with the chest binders. I didn't realize that's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Eva, Nat. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I'm, I'm usually on social media. I don't use Facebook or Twitter as much, especially Twitter because of all the transphobes on there. Um, Instagram's my main one. Uh, you can find me, Eva Echo, which is just Eva and Echo, but with a zero instead of an O. Um, yes, as Seb said, I am I'm brand ambassador for the London Transgender Clinic, um, who are a great bunch of people. And, you know, I, I'm not just saying that. I, I wouldn't want to put my name to representing a group of people if I knew they weren't genuine. But, I mean, even before I used them for my facial surgery, I found they were so approachable, even even just not for the surgery, just for the advice, just having a group of medical professionals who are there willing to talk to you as a person, not just, you know, as a potential client. That was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm also one of Gendered Intelligence's um, trans, transgender spokespeople and activists. And trans, you know, for, for transgender non-binary um, information, education, awareness, and, uh, you know, various campaigns, Gendered Intelligence's website is, you know, is, is full of all that. And you can easily get involved and do things from a grassroots point of view, a local level as well. Um, I'm also part of uh, a project, uh, which is in our company, called TNB Connect. Um, that's aimed at trans and non-binary people. And that is tnbconnect.org. Uh, we're basically a non-profit aimed at alleviating the financial pressures of being transgender or non-binary, um, providing clothing, um, equipment, support, um, workshops for those who need it. Um, we're UK-wide now. Um, and just being able to give trans and non-binary people something that makes them proud, you know, to, so that they can stand within their community be visible and be proud and be empowered and we recently did a uh, a, a yoga workshop which is socially dis distanced yoga workshop um, um, and the, the guy that started the project Nate he's good friends with Natalie Emmanuel who I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones mm -hmm. so, uh, she came along she is a qualified yoga instructor so she gave our members a one, you know, a one-of-a-kind personal yoga session. And it's doing little things like that to say, you know what, we see you as people. We reach out to you if you need us. We're there. And we want to create these experiences to show that you are you are individual and, you know, you may have gone through so much crap for, for being who you are, but let's give, let's give you something special now. Um, but, yeah, if anyone ever needs advice or anything like that, hit me up. Um, there's a link to my blog on my uh, my Instagram bio as well. But yeah, happy to talk. And thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing connecting with everyone. everyone. And I love the fact that it's so international. Um, and it's also exposed the fact that no matter where we are in the world, our experiences are, are so similar uh, and, and our struggles are too. And I think universally we all need to unite and support each other uh, and not just LGBTQ plus as well, you know, when it comes to race, sexuality, anything like that. And it's really important that we do. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Eva. And last but definitely not least, yes. All right, SOS. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll end it. I'll end it here. <laughs> um, so Ingersoll Gender Center, I have found that they have been a great resource for just understanding um, politics uh, within Washington or uh, and what and whether, you know, 
you have rights or not. Um, they've also been a great resource for providing the funding for um, helping to um, change your name or gender identity or anything like that. Uh, so that's one of my favorites. And then my Instagram, uh, I have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, <laughs> WhatsApp, all that. I'm the director of communications for Young Professionals in Transportation International. That's a nonprofit. And then chair for another nonprofit called Young Professionals in Transportation Seattle. So I love being online. You can find mm -hmm. me at yessegura.com, and that has all of the social media channels that I listed before. That's amazing. Thank you all again for being here. Um, it was, it's so international and I love it. Um, that was my, my, I was hoping that I could like show the fact that uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Like Eva said, we're all um, going through struggles at different places in the journey. So thank you again for being here. I'm going to put all of the links to all of the things in the description and um, yeah, keep taking care of each other. And um, it's, it was so, so, so good to have you. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes. I want to invite you to join us to continue this conversation online where there's an incredible organic community that's always ready to welcome you. You can find links to all of the social media platforms connected to this movement at my website, MaryAngelaAbeo.com. If you have an idea for a topic or a guest you'd like to see on the podcast, please shoot me an email. Or if you'd like to apply to be a face in the Faces of Fortitude project, or maybe you want to discuss having a part of this movement in a city near you, please visit the website contact page. And I look forward to connecting with you. And until next time, please take care of yourselves and those around you. And by that, I mean, wash your damn hands, wear a fucking mask, defund the police, and continue fighting for the rights of Black lives everywhere, especially Black trans lives. And do your part to abolish all forms of systemic racism. I'll see you next time.